Yes, us. Welcome to the Kefi Life Podcast. My name is Kiki Vale, and I'll be your guide to creating a life of Ola Kala, all is well. Together, we'll get back to the basics, and we'll explore fresh new ways to flourish in mind, body, and soul the Greek way. You can look forward to interviews, stories, essential self-care strategies, recipes, and actionable takeaway Ola Kala moments. This is going to be so much fun. Let's get going. Bam it. Our Lexi for this week is Ipomoni. Can you say it with me? Ipomoni. The English translation equals patience. Who do you think of when it comes to patience? When I think of patience and how it could support a full and adventurous life, I'm reminded of Ulysses, the central character in the famous poem titled Ithaca, written by Greek poet Constantine Kavafi. Kavafi imagines a legendary voyage of Ulysses to every man through life, and he suggests that each person is looking for his own personal Ithaca or highest goal. The context of the poem is a beautiful illustration of how Ithaca represents the experiences, good and bad, that one has throughout their lifetime. Ulysses possessed boundless patience to reach home as he traveled a very dangerous journey. All destinations in life require patience, for there are roadblocks and obstacles at every turn. Have there been times in your life when you could have hung on for one more minute, but you let go? What would have been the outcome if you practiced a little patience? Let's face the truth. Good things take time, not nanoseconds. During my daily routine, I know I rush my morning because I'm so excited to get to the next thing and accomplish everything. But it's more helpful to prioritize the day, which will help to discern what is worth the rush and what is not. With this in mind, how can you practice ipomonie or patience? Number one, if you feel rushed while going about your normal day, ask yourself, why? Will the world end if you get home five minutes later? Number two, enjoy quiet moments as much as the big moments. The little things in life can be indelible. Number three, hang around people who have patience. It will rub off. Number four, focus on short-term goals to reach the long-term ones. And number five, think of things you've gained by being patient. As one Greek proverb says, a minute of patience can mean 10 years of peace. Ipomoni, the way to be. This is Kira Moran, president of Kingdom Farms and proud sponsor of Kefi Life. Kingdom Farms provides organic meats, poultry, and fish throughout the USA. Kingdom Farms has been blessed for 52 years with providing the highest quality foods to all our customers. Please contact Kingdom Farms for your culinary needs at www.kingdomfarms.com. Introducing the brand new QuadPod Podcast Network. We're adding new podcasts every day. Visit qodpod.com and meet our podcasters. That's qodpod.com. Hello, summer, friends and gatherings. You know, it all ties together in sharing a delicious meal. And today on the Kepi Life podcast, we pick back up with professional chef Dean Iliacostas. You got to love that name, Iliacostas. Last week, he educated us on grilling tips. They were so helpful. And this episode is about how we get those meats prepared for the grill. And um, we're going to talk about how the food is prepared. Carlos Irstata, welcome, Chef Dean. Great to be back, Kiki. Thank you so much. Oh, it's such an honor, Dean. And thank you so much for last week, all those great tips. Let's get to the meat of the topic, meat, no pun intended. And uh, we, 
Oh my gosh. And if you, if you like, when we taste a delicious grade of meat that has been grilled properly, it just makes our mouth water. What is the best quality of meat to get? You know, I am, I am a huge fan of prime beef, USDA prime. And when, when you look at it, you know, select choice and prime, those are probably the most common names out there when we go shopping. And the main thing is how much marbling, right? Those little speckles of fat that are intertwined inside that muscle there. That's what we're looking for. That's number one, because fat is flavor. So that's number one. Start with a good quality piece of meat. Secondly, we got to make sure it's aged properly. There's two sides of aging. There's wet aging and dry aging. You could take a beautiful prime piece of beef, and if it's not aged properly, it's not going to eat right. So wet aging basically is that primal piece of beef that's cryovac, vacuum sealed, the oxygen is taken out of it, right? So it doesn't spoil. And we're allowing that muscle to relax. So what's happening is in a very, very slow process is that it's breaking down the connective tissue and the enzymes within that muscle at a very slow rate. You really want your meat wet aged for at least 30 days to really reach optimal flavor. Now, dry aging is completely different where it's out of the vacuum seal, it's in controlled environment, so is wet aging, but certain humidity level and certain temperature level. Basically, we're ripening the meat, but we're losing moisture. Same thing is happening. Connective tissue is being broken down. Enzymes are breaking down the muscle tissue, but we're imparting a lot of flavor. Really good dry aged beef is super tender and has a beautiful nuttiness to it, which is probably one of my favorite. So- I like my meat wet aged and then dry aged. So if you have a favorite butcher in your area, I mean, those are the people that you want to talk to um, because you definitely need that meat aged properly. I don't care what the, the quality of it is. The aging process is key to that. So what would um, I say if I went to the butcher, Dean? What would I, how would I start that conversation with the butcher? Well, because they're getting whole primal pieces of beef in. So let's say a whole rib roast, right? What you would, you know, make prime rib out of or cut down steaks with, you know, see if he tell him, you know, you would like to have that piece of meat aged, you know, minimum 21 days, but up to 30 days, if he would do something like that for you, because they're going to get the whole, you know, primal pieces in, they cut them down, they break them down. And that's what the great thing about the old fashioned butcher shops are. So, you know, if they're willing to put a piece aside for you, for the next 30 days or so, you know, 14 days, depending on how much age it has when it comes into them, that would be optimal for you. You know, not everybody dry ages, you know, uh, in the butcher shops. So, you know, you're going to kind of have to source that out a little bit. Being in the industry, it's a little bit easier for chefs because we deal with wholesalers. Um, on the retail side, it's a little bit different sometimes. Got you it. Know, not, it's not out there, but you're, you're definitely going to have to do your homework. Okay. Uh, from standpoint. And, you know, for me, you know, when it comes to seasoning the meat, in my eyes, I want the meat to speak for itself. You know, I'm a big salt and pepper guy. So if, if I'm cooking a porterhouse or a T-bone or a ribeye or, you know, a piece of tenderloin, I'm all about salt and pepper and that's it. You know, if we're getting into top sirloins, uh, flank steaks, um, skirt steaks, yeah, I'll change my marinades up a little bit. You know, I'll do some, you know, Latin kind of flair. If it's, you know, some uh, chipotle in there and cilantro or whatever oh. it may be, marinade for a couple of days and then grill it. 
fantastic. But when I'm dealing with the center of the animal, I really want it to speak for itself. And that's why I am just truly a salt and pepper guy, a good dose of salt and pepper, a nice thick steak. I like my steaks cut inch and a half minimum to an inch and three quarters, because I want to get that good char on there, that good sear on there, that nice caramelization. And then you can't do that with a steak that's only, you know, an inch or less, you know, it's <laughs> going to be cooked. It's going to be well done. You want to get that good char on there because that's the flavor. Caramelizing that outside of that meat is truly the flavor. You mentioned earlier in the last episode about your favorite marinade, and I remember you saying something about rosemary. Last Bosca or Easter, we used rosemary, garlic, and some other herbs on our lamb. It was mouthwatering. When would you use your special standard marinade, Dean? You know, I have a standard marinade in my fridge at all times, and it's fresh rosemary, fresh thyme, fresh parsley, fresh oregano, fresh sage. Uh, There's fresh garlic in there. And it is extra virgin olive oil with that. Now, I do that with my fish, my chicken. I don't necessarily put it on my beef, okay? Um, But anything outside of that, even my lamb, right? My lamb chops are more of that salt, pepper, garlic, oregano, lemon guy, right? But this marinade obviously can work also. Uh, But I love having that standard marinade because now, hey, if I just want to do some chicken breast on the grill, I mix it in with this nice little fresh herb marinade you know, season with a little salt and pepper, cumin, whatever it may be, whatever spices, you know, but it's simplicity, you know, allowing number one, the protein to shine, but how do we, you know, build up that flavor of that protein with the fresh herbs and the spices and the things that we use, but it's phenomenal on fish also. You know, I love doing whole fish on the grill. I love doing like bronzini, which is obviously that nice Mediterranean sea bass. Um, I'll marinate that overnight, fresh garlic, lemon, and that, that is so simple on the grill. Get your grill about 550 degrees, right? The segment that we did last week, make sure your grill is nice and clean, nice and hot, at least 550 degrees. Put that bronzini on there, leave it on there for about seven minutes, close that lid, lift that lid back over, and all you're going to do is just flip it right over, okay? The skin shouldn't break. The skins should not stick on there. If we clean it, oil it, we got that nice high temperature that we talked about, okay? five to seven minutes on each side and you're done a nice squeeze of lemon over the top and then you're greek again so it's it's, it's beautiful <laughs> now we need to bring out we need to break out our wine now so dean that's what i was concerned about is um when i grill my seafood it falling apart but the key is like seven minutes one side and then gently flip it to the other how long does it cook on the second side uh, about the same you know five to seven minutes so you know that, that direct, you know, once again, it's going to depend on how thick the flesh is on, on the fish. Okay? okay. And you don't want to overhandle it, you know, on a piece of steak, that's different. A piece of steak's not going to fall apart on you. Right. right? But right. a piece of fish is a lot more delicate. All right. It's so this way we, we only want to turn it once. And that's the great thing about the bronzini. It's long and slender. You know, it's not like, you know, we're out in Florida, you know, we're going fishing. We got these big red snappers, you know, I mean, it's, that's a, nice, big, thick fish, that's going to take a little bit longer. But if you want a great whole fish on the grill, that's the way to go. And that's the way I grew up. That's the way my father ate fish. He would never eat just, you know, a filet of fish in regards to, oh, here's eight ounces of salmon. He would never eat it. If it didn't have the head and the eyeballs that he can eat, he would not eat it. (laughs) Oh my God, Dean. Oh my God. We have about a minute left in our remaining minute. You uh, talked to me uh, in the the green room about um, eating lamb and eating the cheek. 
That's a delicacy. Yeah. What on earth does that taste like? Oh, I, I, it, it just melts in your mouth. I mean, you know, I used to do these grilling classes when I was at Carmichael Steakhouse and I would do the whole lamb on the spit. And, you know, you didn't have to be Greek. You know, I had all the Irish guys, you know, <laughs> white could be in the middle of summer. And here we are. We're, we're, you know, I ate the eyeball, believe it or not, you know, because that's how I grew up. But <laughs> to scoop that cheek and it, it was like butter. You know, think of like bone marrow. You know, people are like, well, you know, what's it like? I go, you ever eat bone marrow? I go, that's what it's like. I mean, it, it's such a delicacy. It's just amazing. If I didn't tell you it was cheek, you wouldn't even know it was cheek. Oh my God. You would have to like not tell me it was cheek. But this, <laughs> this episode went so fast, Dean. We're going to have to invite you back again another time. But we have about 20 seconds left. Just give us any wisdom or advice on grilling or preparing your meats that you'd like to share with us. You know, patience. That, that That's number one. You know, maintain, you know, take care of your grill. Make sure it's clean. Make sure everything is ready to go. In, in the professional kitchen, we got all our mise en place there. Don't rush into it. Take your time. Don't feel that, oh, I got I to flip this right away and watch what you're cooking. Don't walk away from it. Oh, I got to pick up a phone or send a text message. Watch what you're doing. That's probably the most important thing because once you turn your face for 30 seconds, you come back, it's over. It's all over. Well, it has been a privilege and honor and we've had so much fun. Chef Dean, thank you. We wish you a happy summer. Thanks, Kiki. You as well. Take care now. Stay right there. Up next, your weekly takeaway to keep it all as well. This Ola Kala moment brought to you by the law offices of Liston and Centillus. Ranked number one by the Leading Lawyers Network since 2010, taking care of all your real estate needs. If you're considered salt of the earth, you're a gift to others as you're certainly a good and honest person. Like the blessing and significance of knowing a person of these qualities, so too is the value and usefulness of the mineral salt. Salt dates to around 2700 BC. During antiquity, Hippocrates, in his medical practice and teachings, encouraged fellow healers to use salt water to heal various ailments by immersing their patients in seawater. As a matter of fact, these days, when I need muscle pain relief, I fill the tub with hot water and pour about two cups of Epsom salts into my bath as I soak to release tightness and pain from my muscles. Whereas salt is a type of pharmacology, it's also a culinary staple in the kitchen. Salt is an easy and versatile food seasoning. But did you know that there are several types from which to select? Here are a few notable salts that I'd like to share with you now. There's table salt, which is the basic stuff. You'll find it in most salt shakers. Kosher salt. It's refined with larger crystals, and it's a pure salt. Tastes real clean. Kosher salt is used for cooking and not at the table. Sea salt. This one comes straight from evaporated seawater. Yep, it's best used as a finishing salt and a dish builder. Pink salt, a.k.a. Himalayan salt, known for its bright pink color and occasional hue, Tastes great with, can you believe this one, chocolate-covered popcorn, slow-cooker chicken tacos, and even trail mix. Some chefs even use pink salt as a cooking surface, which imparts salty flavor to the meats that are being laid down on it before cooking. And finally, the one that I'd like to share is truffle salt. One of the most common flavored salts, it's a great way to impart a subtle amount of truffle into a dish without needing to buy the actual truffles. Salt the earth's mineral providing flavoring and medicine for ola kala moments for your mind, body, and soul. Kiki Vale is the founder of Kefi Life. She is passionate about whole person wellness and living a fulfilled life. 
Her Kathy Life podcast is created to simply and naturally help you harmonize the mind, body, and soul the Greek way. Visit KathyLife.com, at KathyLife365 on Instagram, and check out Kiki Vale on LinkedIn and on Twitter. Join us again next time for more positive energy and inspiration on Kathy Life.